Tommy. I never felt the air this hot before. Me either, Chucky. My mouth's so dry, I can't even spit. <gasps> Nickelodeon. Lodeon. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name is Joey. And I'm Andrew. And welcome to episode 71. We're going to be talking Rugrats, as requested by you. (laughs) 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 The episode called Heat Wave. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, people. We had three other perfectly good options. Well, It is uh, timely, since we've heard about the Rugrats revival. Right. It's coming back. It's got a movie. What, 26 episodes? Yeah. Uh, It's very hot this summer. Yeah. (laughs) It's appropriate in all ways. Yeah, people love Rugrats. Yeah. You love Rugrats? Uh, I wouldn't say I love it, but I like the first couple seasons especially, like, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the Rugrats isn't the only thing, as it turns out, coming back from, uh, Nickelodeon of old, so we have some breaking news, sound the air horn. Uh, so, last week at, uh, the San Diego Comic-Con, it was revealed that, uh, Nickelodeon, uh, sometime later this year, is going to be releasing a new Invader Zim movie. Yeah. Enter the Florpus. <laughs> pretty exciting yeah we watched the teaser what did you think yeah i think it looks great um the animation looks really good it looks close to what it was but like it still looks great like i think it seems like they're finally figuring out how to make this um computer animation like look better like closer to to hand drawn totally yeah i think the same thing with uh the rocco trailer yeah static clean kind of had rocco's look but you could tell it was done now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it looks cool. There was, I mean, it's hard to tell what's going on, but there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. good shots of cool-looking stuff. And yeah. I'm pretty excited for it, just yeah. seeing that. You've been a long-time fan. I mean, it was a short run, right? Like, only Yeah, 20... three seasons. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. There wasn't many episodes. No. Um, so, interesting that they're deciding there. I wonder what the cause of bringing Zim back. Yeah. Because it didn't seem like there was a lot of... I think it's, well, I mean, it's gathered a cult following, I think, especially um, even during its run, really. uh, I think there was, like, a niche group of people that were really into it. And I think it's one of the stronger um, Nicktoons, really. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I am, too. The uh, guy who created it is, uh, I've read his comics that he came out with before Zim, and... They're really weird, really interesting. It just makes me think, like, I can't believe somebody didn't try to do something with him before this. Like, yeah. he, it seems like he's fallen into what some of these other creators have fallen into of, like, just not getting a big another big chance after Nickelodeon, which is so weird after these shows were so successful. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, just boggles my mind. I'm with you. Yeah, it's weird stuff. Um... We do like reading your letters. We got a whole bunch this week, so we're going to do that after we talk about Heat Wave. Mm-hmm. Um, Heat Wave, it was a season four, yeah, episode season four. 7B, yeah. uh, part two to the first part, which was called The Car Wash, which is, a, a, I think, a pretty good segment. I, don't know if um, I did not actually watch yeah. it this time. I don't yeah. specifically remember. Okay. Um, did you remember this episode at all? Uh, Heat Wave? Yeah. Uh, once I watched it, I kind of remember seeing it on, but it's not one that stuck with me. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. Um, I think those first, I think it was the first three seasons that Mm -hmm. were really in the prime of when I was watching. Yes. Um, so this was slightly after that, but, but it does seem familiar. Yeah. Familiar uh, enough. Yeah. Uh, it aired on September 13th, 1997. It's a um, Saturday. Yeah, it's late. Yeah, uh, at 2 p.m., not, so not too late in the day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're going to take a look at September of 1997. Uh, the 14th MTV Video Music Awards are mm-hmm. held that month. The big winners uh, at that Music Awards was Jamiroquai. <gasps> Can't get enough of Jamiroquai. <laughs> uh, Jewel and Beck. Oh. So yeah, actually, cool. kind of really good. 
did you what did you used to watch the um I'd, video um, music awards? I no, not the music awards. I'd watch the movie. Yeah, the movie awards, awards were yeah. great. Yeah, they were really um, kind of wacky. Yeah. Yeah, same for me. <laughs> I, I really didn't watch that much of the um I don't music awards. Do they even I, do the movie awards anymore? I think they do. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know about the music, though. I don't know what, like, <laughs> there's no video. Yeah. So <laughs> they don't really acknowledge music anymore, yeah. Uh, the funeral for Princess Diana is held uh, in at Westminster Abbey in mm-hmm. London, so I think she passed away in uh, August of 97. Yeah. Um, Mark McGuire joined Babe Ruth as the only player to hit 50 home runs in two consecutive seasons, uh, but we know now that he was what they call juicing <laughs> so yeah how do you how do you feel about that uh you know they stick a ash- i mean you feel it's okay to or, juice yeah to use steroids you're totally uh, against it or what, what yeah i'm pretty against it yeah. i okay. think like um i mean part of i think the amazement of sports right is that you're just like watching these physical specimens who can do something that nobody else can do mm-hmm. and mark mcguire i think could still probably hit 50 home <laughs> runs <laughs> compared to me who could maybe you know strike <laughs> out every time uh but it takes away a little bit of the thrill that you're not watching like pure talent yeah that there's like some assistance there it does seem that way yeah Griffey would never do it. <laughs> At least I hope not. We're probably, it seems like you find out all the time, but I don't think you would. Uh, Mother Teresa dies uh, that month. Mm-hmm. In fact, the same day as, uh, well, she she dies the week prior to this episode, but her funeral is held in India on the same day that this Rugrats episode aired. Huh. So. I guess that's, I was going to say coincidental, but it's not really, no, not really. connected <laughs> at all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh, Apple Computer Incorporated names co-founder Steve Jobs the interim CEO, which I think would become mm. permanent <laughs> CEO. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he had gone kind of back and forth with Apple uh, for a while there. Mm. Um, was that him being back? Yeah, uh. I think he had left. Well, he was there, and then he tried to do, what was it, Newt, uh, the, the Newton? Newton? Yeah, uh. and I think that didn't really work, and uh, I, yeah, he came back somehow. Mm. Um, ER, I remember this, uh, ER performed live, a, a live episode on television. Do you remember that? No. Oh, it was like a really big deal. I remember the promos running up to it. Like, you gotta see this. It was a full length ER, one hour shot live. And it, yeah, I just remember the cameras really moving down the halls. And... Huh. Seems like an odd choice, but yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, one of our favorite uh, guys, uh, particularly in terms of the Twilight Zone, uh, Burgess Meredith dies. Uh, um, more well known did. for um, being the Penguin on Batman. Uh, is he more well known for that? You think that's a more well known? I th- yeah, I think people would. Yeah, maybe. I think pop culture. What about uh, Rocky's trainer? Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's got to be his most recent known role. An embarrassment of riches. <laughs> I'd he say was you, great. I mean, I mean, would you go Twilight Zone first? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, time Enough at Last. Uh, yeah, I think that's his, what do we got? That, uh, I mean, that's, Printer's Devil. Yeah, but I think that's the one people yeah, yeah. would. Uh, um, the Obsolete Man is maybe my favorite. Oh, things. that is a great episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, very talented dude. He dies that month. Uh, Derek Taylor, who is the Beatles press agent, uh, dies that month. Um, I, I was thinking about this. I was like, he had to be pretty good at his job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Good for him. Uh, and then the Dunbar Armored Robbery, uh, that's what it's called. It was the largest cash robbery to have occurred in the United States. It occurred in September of 97 at the Dunbar Armored Facility in L.A., California. The thieves made off with some $18.9 million in today's money, uh, just shy of $30 million. Huh. And what was the outcome that caught? Well... I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that you think I looked, but... <laughs> that's the most important part. If they got away, that's incredible. Um, wow. Like... Hold on. Let's do some... <laughs> let's look it up. Uh, no, it appears they were never caught. Wow, yeah, the, no. Yeah, most no of them, way. Yeah, most of the money is unaccounted for still. That is incredible. Yeah. I mean, how could they have gotten away? That's... Uh, well, if we're to trust Wikipedia, it says it was an inside job somehow, so they just couldn't... 
Huh. They just transferred some money or something? Oh, no, but they... St- yeah, that's weird. I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> odd. Well, huh. I guess you could look up more about it. <laughs> I might have to. <laughs> the Dunbar Armored Robbery. Uh, music that month, there are, let's see, two number one singles that month. Uh, the first, a song I like a lot, Mo Money, Mo Problems oh, by B.I.G., Pop Daddy, and Mace. That was big. That was pretty big. And then also uh, Mariah Carey with the song Honey. Ah, uh, yes. I'm <laughs> familiar with Honey. Yeah. Um, so two, two pretty memorable songs. Uh, other artists to release music in September of 97. We got Leanne Rhymes, uh, Aqua with uh, Barbie Girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Usher, Busta Rhymes, Hall & Oates, Boys to Men, uh, Corner Shop. Uh, I like that song a lot. Brimful of Asha. I don't think I, I don't know if I know. I mean, maybe I would know to hear it, but I've, I don't know the band name uh, at all. Uh, Goldfinger, Chumba Wumba uh. with Tub Thumping. <laughs> or Tub Thumper, I think is what the yeah, album was yeah. called. Uh, Rolling Stones, uh, The Verve, Get Up Kids, Bob Dylan, and Apples and Stereo. Uh. So, uh, cool month. Yeah, cool month of music. Uh, movies, not a cool month for movies. I'm not. Oh, I, well, we'll see. We'll see if you know these. Okay. Uh, four number one movies that month uh, for one week Fire Down Below. <laughs> I don't know that. No. For one week, The Game. Uh, yeah, Michael Douglas. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Uh, for one, I know this one. I think the David Fincher. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Uh, for I saw this one uh, on TV once. Uh, for one week, In and Out. Which um, is a, oh uh, yeah, I, I recall that. Yeah. Um, and then for one week, The Peacemaker. Uh, I don't know. This might be the worst month of the movies <laughs> we've ever talked about. Uh, well, for me, it's definitely The Game. It's a pretty good movie. Okay. Actually, I mean. I haven't seen the others, but I would. It's a safe bet that it's better than those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've only seen In and Out of those, but I'll still go with the game on your recommendation. <laughs> uh, also came out that month, L.A. Confidential and The Edge, which I really like. The Edge, Anthony Hopkins, uh, one of the Baldwin's, might be Alec. I'm not sure. It's mm. kind of a. Um, they go on this like uh, trip and you know. Uh, through the woods and like kind of a adventurous yeah. trip and then they get stranded and gotta fight a bear and I, that i've never seen that okay um however that does make me think of a 90s commercial that i liked a lot mm. which was uh the kid from the shining remake uh-huh and it's for pizza hut and <laughs> oh it's for the edge pizza Okay. And he's like giving this rousing speech to the class, and he ends it off like, I have been to the oh, edge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I do remember, I remember that commercial. <laughs> uh, well, maybe we'll hear that commercial a little later in this episode. Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, so those are movies of September of 1997. Uh, let's look at video games. Um, so for PS1, Breath of Fire 3. Mm. You know that one? Yeah. Not something I really played, but okay. I know it. Okay. Uh, for PS1, Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey. Yeah, I, I, I know it. <laughs> None of these. I, I don't know any of these. <laughs> uh, Ultima Online, a PC game, I guess. Yeah. Uh, PS1, Croc, Legends of uh, Gabos. Is that easy? I don't know. Uh, PC, Close Combat, a Bridge Too Far. <laughs> uh for the PC, Fallout. Hmm. Okay. Uh, PS. <laughs> I'm not too excited. I mean, yeah. I know some of them, but yeah. Uh, for PS One, Poi Poi. And for the PC, Total Annihilation. Wow. Uh, I can't even choose one from that list. <laughs> well, uh, you seem kind of enthusiastic maybe, about Oddworld. Yeah, yeah. That, I would pick that. Okay. I, bar- I mean. Maybe played that one a little bit, but besides that, I don't know the rest. All right. Weird year, weird month for yeah. video. Well, September, so it's like right before the yeah. Christmas month are gonna kick in. I mean, nothing really from Nintendo, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although Nint- that month, Nintendo did have a uh, lawsuit. It was Nintendo versus Prima Publishing. Nintendo sues Prima over copyrights to maps of the N64 <laughs> video game GoldenEye 007. And Nintendo loses the lawsuit. Mm. So, yeah. 
so that's a little bit about September of 1997. Some exciting stuff, some uh, less than exciting stuff. But uh, we are here to talk about Rugrats Heat Wave. Mm. Uh, so let's yeah. just dive right in. <laughs> let's, let's. <laughs> uh, so the episode starts off with a close-up on a flame, just writhing flames. <laughs> um, and we zoom out to see that it's the surface of the sun. Yeah. Um, I. That's kind of a classic Rugrats type of Yeah, opening. they do this. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, that the animation seems to have taken a step down in this in this like era i think compared to the earlier stuff all of a sudden i agree like i noticed just that sun thing like yeah. didn't look cool enough no but it didn't wow, look very good of... at all <laughs> like uh yeah like quickly someone draw <laughs> yeah what kind of looks like a sun um so grandpa's walking the babies in the heat in the scorching heat oh. It's a real scorcher today, isn't it, Sprouts? I haven't felt this hot since the summer of 42. And he drops them off outside of a playground Mm -hmm. with no water or (laughs) supervision. That's one thing that's weird to me about this episode is that Rugrats, um, I mean, we don't know exactly what city they're supposed to be in, but they never look like they're in a desert. No. And the atmosphere of this episode is, I mean, he's bringing them somewhere where yeah. it's really looks just nothing. It, well, I, I guess it's a park, but you do barely get like the feel for even where they are. Or... You see a couple basketball hoops, <laughs> yeah. a few swings, but then, but you do see like the horizon and it looks like mountains. And I was like, well, I didn't think the Rugrats lived in Utah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It seemed weird. And also just kind of right off the bat right when the episode starts you hear this kind of like um arabic type sounding music mm. that goes throughout the whole episode yeah. and i don't like it um oh. it's it just really got tiresome it plays throughout the whole thing uh, and Man, i didn't i mean i know what you're talking about mm-hmm. i didn't notice it at the time mm. um i think it like fits the theme of the episode but yeah. it's yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anything spectacular. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, anyway, the babies are thirsty, so they f- they're fooling around at the drinking at fountain trying to get a drink of water. Out of the way, Philip! That's my turn. It's not really It's too, Philip. Come on, drink up all the water. Oh, you are. No, you are. Um. And meanwhile, we see that instead of paying attention to the kids, Grandpa is talking to a couple of workers <laughs> yeah. who are fixing a pipe, a uh, busted pipe, I guess. Yeah, a couple of union workers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but the workers, annoyed by Grandpa's chatter, uh, take a break to get away from him and leave Grandpa there by himself. Yeah. And Grandpa, discovering that the workers left a wrench behind, climbs into the hole that they were working in and accidentally wrenches the pipe. Then in 53, I joined the Pipe Fitters Union. Oh, Sal, look at the time. Gracious me. Is it already time for our mid-morning pre-lunch break? Uh, Sorry, Pops. We gotta quit for a while. It's a union thing, you understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You boys go on. I'll just stay here and watch your hole for you. Hey, you forgot? (laughs) Youngsters don't know nothing about nothing. Well, I'll just give them a hand. Yeah, uh, (laughs) So he was... He's agitated because they left their wrench behind, right? Yeah. So he's just trying to take the wrench off, but... But then he gets down there and for a second he's like, well, I could help them. Yeah. In a weird decision... Yes. moment <laughs> uh, I mean I know it's a Rugrats thing but you're supposed to be watching babies on a scorching yes, hot day yeah. I mean this is like hazardous yeah and you're getting into a hole <laughs> to get a wrench come on grandpa yeah yeah <laughs> um, decision making that is a uh, something we saw in the Arnold episode the, the mm. pipe yeah. Opening up. Yeah. Uh, that's true just a summer type thing though yeah. in this episode it makes less sense yeah um, <laughs> yeah much so less sense <laughs> So due to Grandpa's blunder, the baby's water fountain dries up. Hey, you guys really did drink up all the water. <gasps> We're doomed. We're doomed. We can no longer get any cold water out of it. Um, I also found uh, when Lil and Phil are getting water, they're arguing 
also very tiresome. Those two fighting. Yeah, I don't remember what they even said. But just like you're gonna drink up all the water and. Oh yeah. yeah, just going back. And A little forward. uninspired. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so while they're f- trying to figure out what to do, they're approached by a new kid, mm. Sabu, mm-hmm. who's looking for a drink of water himself. But the babies tell him that the fountain is dry. Oh, you're saying okay. So you're saying him? It's a him? Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm the char- pretty confident the in that. The character looks a lot like a girl. I know like, what legs, you mean. Like lip- wearing lipstick yeah. almost, but but Chucky does refer to as a boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think he's just... Okay, yeah. just, just uh, a kid. Yeah. Hello, baby. I am Sabu. I have come to drink at the fountain. Hi, Sabu. I'm Tommy. This is Chucky, Phil, and Lil. I like your worm. It is a camel. His name is Arns. And we are both very thirsty. If you are finished, we would like to drink from the fountain. We're finished, Sabu, but only because there's no more water. Oh, no more water? Oh, this is bad. Very, very bad. Water is the most important thing in the whole wide world. It's more important than cookies. It's even more important than all reptiles. Um, so Sabu tells them of a place where water shoots from the ground as if to flee the backs of many whales. Mm. He's got many uh, little sayings like this. Yeah. In this episode. And he seems to be speaking with some sort of accent. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Middle Eastern yeah. type accent, yeah. which, again, I don't know. I don't okay. Know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know how I feel about it. <laughs> Um, wait, well, you feel that accent is no good, or you just think it's I feel too like much? it's pandering a little bit. I mean, the music, mm. like it's a hot day, kind of... I get what it's, spo- yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be kind of an homage to, like, walking through the desert yeah. and so hot, but it seems like to introduce this character as, like, a token Arabic kid yeah. seems a little... Short-sighted? Yeah. Like in the... <laughs> okay. Be- especially because, like, it's such an uninteresting character. It's... Sabu. Actually, I think Sabu's the most interesting part about the episode. Well, because it's like, the it's only a, thing it's a slightly sli- different about <laughs> the episode. Uh, but as a character, I wouldn't really want to see Sabu again. Um, eh, I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I, I, I liked him. All right, I guess <laughs> I, I did like you, that he was riding on that uh, that worm. They call the worm. He yeah. called it a camel. Yeah. But uh, that was a that was nice. That was a cool thing. Yeah. Sure. Um. <laughs> anyway. He said, Sabu tells them that uh, the water is on the other side of the black tar playground, mm, yep. where no baby has gone before <laughs> without water. Yeah, which looks like a basket, a large yes. set of basketball courts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the babies begin their march across the blacktop. Tommy riding Spike, and Sa- Sabu gives Tommy a diaper that resembles his own. I think it's pronounced Utra headdress to protect him from the sun. Sure. <laughs> we briefly see Grandpa stuck in the hole, and it's filling up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty rapidly. Extremely fast, and it's filled. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why it's not overflowing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's filled. And the hole kind of changes uh, depths. We see because uh, at one point Grandpa's like way down in the hole, and the other oh, point his head's sticking up over yeah, the top yeah, of yeah. it. It's yeah, like... yeah. Um, before we uh, continue on, maybe let's yeah. catch a commercial. There are way wacky things at the Wacky Warehouse Mall. Hanging at the mall, the Wacky Warehouse Mall. Way wild new video games, way wet new flavor. Pink Swindinga, the Wacky Warehouse Mall. Way crazy. And what did you do this weekend, Tommy? I have been to the edge and back. Excuse me? Introducing the Edge Pizza from Pizza Hut. Pizza is about topping. Crust is your, is safety. your safety. The Edge has no other crust. The Edge is toppings that keep Topping on going. keep right on Taste going. Taste the Edge. My family, let go. go of your crust, my friend. Brother, sister, I have been to the Edge and back. Join me. 16 pieces of pure toppings. Have you been to the Edge? When Tommy talks, everybody listens. A baby gotta do what a baby gotta do. You don't want to miss when Tommy talks. We could play jump on Spike. Grab old Spike, he's the greatest pup. Give him a hug and his ears go up. We'll always be the bestest friends. Says a thousand things. Let's get some cookies. Oh, he's never said that before. I get right to it. Drop oh, what oh, I'm doing. That was fun. When Talking Tommy talks. Nickelodeon Talking Tommy and the Rugrats Friends sold separately. Well, uh, there we had it. Pizza Hut. <laughs> Living on the edge. <laughs> Something about that. I don't know what it is. It just gets me. <laughs> it's very memorable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so the um, the babies are 
trekking across the blacktop, and Tommy uh, pulls out a juice box from his diaper for them to share, luckily, so they don't pass out. Um, but in spite of this, Chucky starts breaking down from the heat. So they put him in the wagon and start pulling him. What's wrong, Chucky? I'm thirsty and I'm hot and I'm tired and I want to go home. Um, as they march on, Tommy spots what he thinks is an igloo. But as they get closer, it turns out to be a deflated volleyball. And Sabu explains to them that what they saw was a mirage. Or... I don't know what a barrage. Oh, a barrage! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, right, a sunburn is a what do they call it? A cybird um, or a sunbird or sunbird? It was oh. Burn was okay. bird. Yeah. I guess I <laughs> quickly just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah ignored it. Huh? Uh, hey, you guys, look up ahead! What is that thing? Uh, I think it's a. Uh, it is. It is. It's an igloo! <laughs> uh, where'd the igloo go? It must have melted. But I saw it. It was here one minute, then the next minute it turned into this stupid ball. No! Turn back, you stupid ball! Turn back into an igloo! Chucky, stop. It is just a barrage. I know an igloo when I see one. This was an igloo, not a garage or whatever you called it. No, Chucky. A barrage is something that looks like something, but then it turns into something else. Kind of like when our dad makes breakfast. Um, so meanwhile, back with Grandpa, the workers return, and they panic when they see that he's in the hole, which is nearly full of water at this point. The babies make it to the halfway point, and they discover Chucky is missing. (laughs) How did this happen? (laughs) It is a funny... There's like a weird cut around here that makes it seem like... It's just a very weird moment. This okay. whole part of yeah. Chucky miss. It's like they needed to fill in yes. one minute of that time. That is what it was. The writers are like, oh boy, uh, <laughs> this walk through a playground is not going to fill the episode. Though, even even though that's the case, this was one of the more interesting parts of the episode. It's like one of the only parts where something's happening. Kind of, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would argue Grandpa's hole filling with water is probably the most interesting plot. Oh, like. man. I... Okay. You don't like it? I, I'll... I'll address it, but, um, so we see, we get a little clip of Chucky, like, going crazy on his own, like, from the heat. He's a brave baby, or else a very, very silly one. Ah, that's better. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Ah, the Chilly. (laughs) Um, and Tommy takes Spike to find him, and really quickly... In the next scene, he's back with Chucky, mm-hmm. and crisis averted. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, Tommy did it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when Tommy returns with Chucky, Sabu dubs him Al Tommy. Yes, yes, you were right. From this day on, you will be known as Al Tommy. Gee, thanks, Sabu. Wow, Al Tommy. And now, my friends, we must keep going. The time of no shadows is getting closer. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> again, just like, you know, like I, I just don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. See, I'd be, uh, God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, with the time of no shadows approaching, the yeah. babies trudge forward and finally make it to the land of many waters, hmm. only to find that there's no water. Oh boy. Yeah. One thing after another. <laughs> uh, Tommy tries to unplug the water from the ground with his juice straw as the babies get tired and they start dropping off one by one to sleep. Yeah. Which was a weird, kind of a weird, like it was almost like they were really passing out from the heat, but they didn't want to do that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So back at the hole, somehow now Grandpa finally swims down and stops the leak. Yeah, in a moment. Decides, yes. (laughs) In a very agile moment. I mean, he like... Gets in the hole and is swimming around, you know, yeah, underwater. I, I, even just the noting that, like, Grandpa was um, keeping himself afloat is more energy than I thought he would have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not to mention he was so, like, out of it for the rest of the episode and just, like, bumbling that yeah. suddenly he was able yeah. to just solve it. In, yeah. In, I don't know. Weak. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, 
Grandpa plugs the hole and the sprinklers come on where the babies are and the babies start playing in the water. about leaving tools laying around. And Tommy finally says goodbye to Sabu, and a rainbow forms in the air as Sabu rides off into the distance. Hi, Tommy. You are truly a wonder. I hope that our paths may cross again someday. You're pretty wonderful yourself, Al Sabu. Brutal. Oh. That rainbow? That is a that's that a rain- groan worthy moment. <laughs> groan worthy. I have to admit, it was like it was totally unnecessary. Like it would have been actually a more powerful if there was no rainbow. Yeah. If it was just like Sabu riding off on his camel. Ri- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the rainbow doesn't even look good. It's like this red. It's just a red rainbow, and it's I I can't believe that's how it ended. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Man. It, uh, were you gonna say you said you had thoughts on Grandpa's storyline, or? Uh, yeah, I just thought I thought that it was like this classic like old guy, old person bumbling around and like mm-hmm. not being able to operate like the kids, except just not good really. It was just kind of it just felt like wedged in and just yeah. it never went anywhere. It was just one little nonsense kind of plot point. Yeah, I would argue both stories are kind of nonsense. They are a little. <laughs> There's something. There's you know? There's not they're much. They're kind to of it. leading to nowhere. Yeah, they're yeah. very simple, um, and they didn't do as much, nearly as much with them as I thought they could have. Yeah. As, like, you know, comparing this to uh, Hey Arnold that yeah. we saw last week, like this is night and day. I mean, right. Hey Arnold just like filled that time. Yes. With here, here are the consequences of a hot day. Here's what. You might do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all made sense, and it all felt like really... There was a ton of characters in that. It all felt really packed. This yeah. felt just... Yeah. And Pete and Pete with um, the call, it's a hot day, but it's not just literally them walking around going, it's hot. Yes. Like, there's there's a central thing they're still trying to accomplish, yeah. even though it is hot. I mean, they have a thing. They're they're trying to get to the, the, the water. Which doesn't even exist, right? Like, it's not a thing. It's the uh, sprinklers. Oh, that he's talking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which even man, even, <laughs> even like the images like of the kids that are often that often like look a lot different from adults. You know, mm-hmm. like he's talking about the water coming out, like water on the the whale's back, yeah. or whatever. Um, even those felt like kind of tortured in this episode. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, like yeah. usually that feels kind of cool. Like, yeah, this is how the babies see things, right? But in this one, it's like. <laughs> not that interesting. I don't well, know. Yeah, because I think it's they don't. It's not going much further than them saying it's hot, and whether you're an adult or you're in a a baby, like yeah. it's not really a baby's perspective of being hot. Yes, <laughs> it's yeah. just here's a baby who, let's face it, is you know in reality in some serious danger. Here. <laughs> Grandpa's not watching. Yeah, him. yeah. Um, that's the real. That's a real problem right off the bat. It's just how they got into this episode is yeah. grandpa leaving them alone on this day in this place. It just, yeah. Sometimes so can, unbelievable. A lot of times you can kind of excuse it when they're at the house. Yeah. Like, oh, they're in the kitchen yeah, they're yeah. in their playpen or whatever. But here it seems really negligent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Grandpa's a real mess in this episode. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> it was something. It was an episode. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what our listeners thought of this episode. I would love to know their feedback. <laughs> yeah. uh, it overwhelmingly won the poll. Yeah. And I, I wonder have, if it lived up to those expectations. <laughs> I have at the very least seen The Tale of the Doll Maker. <laughs> that is a substantially yeah, better yeah, episode yeah, of television. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's let's talk about some of the stuff that went into making it. Let's do some yeah. bios and trivia. Yeah. Hi, this is bios, trivia, ratings, and stray observations. Well, the person I took a look at was, of course, the voice of Sabu. Mm-hmm. Um, it was someone named Kate Donahue, hmm. and she was the writer on one episode each of Animaniacs, Freakazoid, huh. Pinky Elmira, and Brain. Huh. 
Um, and she had seven total acting roles on IMDb, including Johnny Bravo, okay. Angry Beavers as Laverta Lutz, a kind of <laughs> notable character, somewhat notable character. And my favorite, her first acting role mm. was in the Fat Boys music video, <laughs> Are You Ready for Freddy? Oh my. The uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street music video. Okay. <laughs> I just love that. So she just stumbled into this thing I, somehow. I guess so. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, her she didn't do a bad job. Just really yeah. didn't like that character. I, yeah. I just okay. didn't think it served a big problem. I like the character all right. I, st- I really think the character was probably the strongest part of this episode. Uh, I don't think... I mean, not that that's saying that much, but... It's, I'd, I'd go with the union workers. <laughs> the union? No, they even they were wasted. It was like they had like two lines and they weren't even. You good. know, that's actually that's true because like those are in Rugrats. In most episodes, those are two characters who could like really say something snide. Yes, and like very funny. Yeah, and here, yeah, they and they could some. I think they could have brought this whole episode around better, like concluded it better with like involving the union workers and grandpa with the babies, yeah. like wrapping it all up. But I'm with you. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. All right. Uh, well, I took a look at the director and uh, writer of this episode. So the director is a guy named John Holmquest. Uh, he directed 25 episodes of Rugrats, 26 episodes of Family Guy. Um, <laughs> uh, and But he has mostly worked uh, in the animation department for different shows, particularly mm. as a character designer. Uh, and okay. he's done a, he's done a whole lot of work. Uh, he was a character designer during the 1992 season of The Simpsons. Uh, he was a character designer on Ariel Monsters on almost all of the Rugrats episodes. Uh, he was a character designer on Despicable Me Two, mm. uh, and he was a story artist on the 1990 version of t- the uh, The Tick, oh. uh, and also Duckman. Oh, wow. So, um, let's get some good credits. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's hard to tell on something like this. Like, what, how much is it the direct, like, what does a director on a cartoon do exactly? Yeah. 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 And, and what is his contribution? Yeah. And if, you know, if the script was as we saw it, then mm. how much of that can I even be put on the director? You know? Yeah. Right. Uh, it's totally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he can't necessarily change yeah. the story yeah um and not to you know well, give him too hard of a time the writer <laughs> yeah yeah the writer of this episode is a guy named david maples he didn't do a whole lot and maybe mm-hmm. i don't know let me see why here uh but he <laughs> he uh, worked on 12 episodes of rugrats uh he did four episodes of home improvement ah, uh I'd... and he created a show on usa which ran for a little bit called in plain sight huh, um, but that's, i don't know it no, I don't either. Uh, but hmm. that's about it as far as his major credits. Curious. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Did you? So you watched the first episode, first half. Of the this. car wash, yeah. And the story was better. I mean, it was better episode. Substantially. Oh, maybe this was just like a just like hurry just, up. Yeah. Yeah. Just time crunch. Have yeah. to get it in or something. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. This episode is really missing a lot of pretty. Re- I mean, Ange- no Angelica, no parents. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder if it wasn't even just a, like a budget thing. Mm. I mean, there's even the look of it is like very simple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you and I kind of like the look of a hot day, but this is almost uh, a step further where it's minimal. Just, yeah, it's a, pretty much an orange sky the entire episode yes. with just the kids. Yeah, it's um, very and mostly blacktop when they're walking around. Right, like it's a. There's not much to look at. It does seem almost now like it was designed to keep it down. Yeah, to keep the budget down. Yeah. Well. Mm. Uh, what about trivia? Any trivia? Yeah, just one. Um, this episode was a parody of Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen Lawrence of Arabia. I no. hate to say, have you? <laughs> no, no. Oh. I just wonder, I can't imagine that it's too close to this. I mean, <laughs> what, like, I know he yeah. goes through the desert. That's, yeah. like, is that the only part they based yeah. on it? Uh, I, yeah, I guess And say. Sabu, I guess, kind of, like. Yeah, I guess so. Very loose. This is, <laughs> it was a loose parody, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I just noted that uh, they keep mentioning Time of No Shadows. 
uh, it would it would work with this episode. Uh, typically, on any given day, uh, the shadows occur least around noon. Yeah. Uh, which, if we take the the workers when they leave the first time, say they're going on a pre lunch break break, yeah, <laughs> uh, which would be before noon. So um, that's one thing that I actually really did like about this episode. That one concept, time of no shadows, yeah. the, the sound of that, and just the idea of what that is. I liked that. A yeah, lot. I like I like some of the naming of the things. The black tar. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Um, uh, black tar playground. Yeah, black tar yeah. playground. Yeah. So some some clever names. Um, I was also looking at you know just we mentioned last week or a couple weeks ago, I forget what it was, that um, a couple people who did the voices have passed away because I was thinking Mm -hmm. about the reboot. So I went to go see who actually had passed away. Um, So the original voice of Grandpa during the run passed away, David Doyle. Uh, And then they replaced him with a guy named Joe uh, Alasky. And he's also passed away. So both voices of Grandpa have passed away since uh, the show's ended. That's, uh, I feel like I noticed that, but I I never knew that, but I... Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you can definitely hear like a slight change in Grandpa in the series. Uh, of course, Christine Cavanaugh, who did Chucky, yeah. passed away. That's a that's a big replace. Uh, yeah. As far as finding someone. Yeah, that's really um, gonna that's gonna I be really th- tough. She has such a distinctive voice. Really it was in so many things. Yes, and I think her performance is like in this episode. Pretty much any time Chucky said something, like man, that's such a good performance. Yeah. Like she, she was great. Um, Jack Riley, who did Stu, uh, has passed away. And then uh, one of the guys who was really one of the leading directors throughout the Rugrats run, Jim Duffy, he's passed away as well. Um, so, you know, they got some people to definitely kind of recast yeah. for, for this stuff. It'll be interesting to see how that how that goes. Yeah, definitely. Um, observations? Hmm. Yeah. Um, did you catch on Sabu's worm camel? Did you check catch his name and his colors? Uh, I did get his name. Uh, his name is Aaron's. Oh, okay. A R E N S. I kept listening to it. I was like, "Oh, you found it." Uh, I watched it with it with the closed caption. Oh, closed oh, nice. caption on, so it's A R E N S. Aaron's. Okay. Uh, and then you asked what the color? Yeah, the color of the... was green and light green. Nope, not quite. He, Aaron's isn't green. Not qu- yes, he's green, but oh. that's not quite it. Oh, what else? Uh, yellow spots. <laughs> oh, yellow spots. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool toy. Like if that, yeah. if I had that when I was a kid, that'd be awesome. Really but, cool. Yeah, yeah kind of like slinked up and kept you moving. Yeah. That was cool. Um, Sabu says water is more important than these two things. Uh, cookies yeah. uh, and reptar. Yes. <laughs> this is a weird line, though. Some, it seems like he says all reptar. Yeah. It's like cookies and all reptar. Uh, I have an explanation for okay. that. Yeah. This is where watching with the closed captioning helps. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I did like there's a moment of heat rippling on the blacktop. I always like that. Yeah. And I thought it... I, I was kind of thinking about it in this episode. Like, I wonder how they do that in animation, you know? Yeah, it seems really time-consuming. Yeah, very yeah. strange. Um, so that was cool. And probably my favorite thing in this whole episode was the juice evaporating, the drop of juice yeah. before it hits Chucky's tongue. That was the uh, same kind of as uh, the Hey Arnold heat, yeah. where there's just that drop and yeah. doesn't even make it to the ground, <laughs> yeah. or in this case, Chucky's tongue. Yeah, it was a nice, nice hot touch. Yeah, yeah. Did you happen to catch uh, what type of juice it seemed they were drinking? <sighs> I want to say grape. Yeah, it looked, okay. like, it looked like it. Yeah, purple. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, when the episode begins, uh, Grandpa said he hadn't felt it be this hot since when? It was the hottest oh, day he had experienced Nin- since. Does he give a year? Yeah. Oh. 1962. Uh, summer of 42. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he so- must have been like a little kid or... Well, maybe he's older. I think he was a teenager. I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. (laughs) Um, But, you know, if this is the second hottest day of his life, again, you're with four babies and a dog. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just leave him. (laughs) Uh, He'll be fine. Uh, When he's talking to the union guys in the hole, uh, Grandpa says that in 1953 he worked for this company. Which is why I think 1953, I'm assuming he's in his 20s, so 1942, I'm assuming he's a teenager. Okay, um, man, I don't know. 
Wait a minute. Some kind of plumbing company. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Pipe Fitters Union. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and then you mentioned that he called Reptar all Reptar. Um, but of course, there's a moment in the episode where, uh, like you mentioned, Sabu makes Tommy into oh, all yeah, Tommy. Yeah. Uh, and all Tom, uh, adding an AL yeah. before her name is Arabic. Um, for pretty much, I believe it's like adding the yeah yeah before something. Yeah, I didn't put together. I mean, I I did uh, get that with Tommy, but I just yeah. didn't put that together somehow with Reptar. I was yeah. Like, uh, again, yeah. The clo- I like I don't, I'm um a closed caption guy. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of negative feedback for this because I'll like be watching TV and people will be like. Why are you watching with the closed captions? And I'll realize it bothers people. But I, you mean you just watch TV normally with closed captions on? Um, I watch like if I'm watching like Netflix or Hulu or something or Amazon, I prefer it to be on. Uh, I like reading. <laughs> I have to admit, if I walked in on that, I'd be like annoyed. What? Well, not annoyed exactly, but I'd be like, what's going on? I mean, what? <laughs> why (laughs) yeah i guess that's kind of the response i get like are you reading this for a reason it actually kind of drives me like i like captions when i need them Mm -hmm. like if it's in a different language Mm -hmm. but otherwise it really distracts me because i find that i'm reading instead of paying attention to the episode i part of me feels like i'm really getting a sense of the dialogue and like (laughs) um and you catch i think you do catch like little stuff you definitely catch stuff like this um, yeah I'll give it a try. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder how many of our, any of our, any of our listeners listen with closed captions on. Uh, if the, I mean, obviously, if somebody's hearing impaired, that's one thing. But I doubt many people that don't need to be watching it with closed captions on do that. Huh. Opt into that. Yeah. I mean, I'll turn it off. I, I, I definitely. If there's someone else in the room, I try to be considerate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um. Because yeah, oh, it seems very like people don't like it. Strange <laughs> thing for sure. So I definitely don't have a problem with foreign yeah. films or anything like that. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So those were my stray observations. Cool. Um, so let's take a look at ratings on IMDb. This has a six point six out of ten. Fairly low, though. Uh, Rugrats episodes are rated. I noted um, a lot tougher than a lot of other shows. A mm. lot of sevens and sixes. Hmm. Um, TV.com has it though at a 9.4 wow, out of 10. What? So uh, I think there was only like seven or nine reviews. I'm not sure, but still pretty high. That's uh, shockingly high. I mean, that's higher than most of the stuff we talk about, yeah. if not all. I yeah, know. yeah. Um, so out of five Krebs stars, what did you give yeah. Heatwave? Um, I have actually been kind of on the fence this whole time, but I'm gonna finally land on two and a half out of five. Okay. Um. I thought it was a very middling might even be like too generous Uh to it but I did like some elements about it I liked Sabu and you know they did do the Rugrats thing of like getting some information that kids wouldn't necessarily know yeah in it so i appreciate that and there's some a few good things that we talked about like the drop on chucky's tongue and stuff (laughs) but oh boy that's stretching uh, but (laughs) overall it was a very i like the i just like heat in general so i like that setting Mm -hmm. that might just i mean that's probably just my thing you know but i so i liked being there in that heat hot environment but uh, you know, it was no, otherwise not a great episode. Okay. I'm just giving it as much credit as I can. I think it was better than um, Talking Turkey. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what you gave Talking Turkey. Let's just... Uh, you, you gave Talking Turkey a two, so I guess, yeah, I guess mm. you thought it was better. I actually did refer back to the old scores when scoring mm. this. This is, I think, I think this is my lowest score of... 2018 for an episode uh, so I gave Heatwave a 1.5 mm. um, I really I like Rugrats but yeah. this this episode kind of like bummed me out in a way uh, I didn't feel engaged I didn't laugh yeah. very much uh, to not like Grandpa's storyline was actually aggravating because I really yeah. loved the character of Grandpa 
um, and it just felt aimless. Like I didn't really care when they made it. <laughs> when the sprinklers <laughs> came on, it was such a quick resolution. Like, oh, the sprinklers yeah. came on. Sabu's like, all right, I'm out of here. See ya. Um, so I just didn't think it was a very good one. Uh, and I was looking back at some of my scores. I mean, I gave Cowboy Ernst a 2.5. I thought that was a substantially better episode. I gave yeah. Beaver Fever a 2. And I wow. thought uh, that was... That a... might be a little low. I mean, come you, on. You did 3.5. Yeah, that's pretty high. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I gave Gem of a Mama a 2.5. So this had to be this had to be in the ones for me. Mm. Um, so Didn't like it. Uh, what did you give Talking Turkey? I, I gave Talking Turkey a 0. .5. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. uh, how, yeah. what Do you know what I gave Gem of a Mom? Gem of a Mom, you gave a 3. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm feeling good about these <laughs> scores. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, definitely not. I don't think either of our favorite Rugrats will make our favorite Rugrats mm, list. No. <laughs> but it's summer. It's about being hot. Yeah. So we talked about it. Yeah, and it was good to visit Rugrats again. Yeah. You know, I like the characters and I like the world of it, but... yeah. Just a, just a lower tier episode. Yeah, we'll take a little break now. From yeah. Regrets. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, it's time to do a little bit of Are You Afraid to Name the Episode? Well, as usual, I had a name before this, but I've changed it during the episode. So now, As we were talking? Yeah. Oh. Now I'm going to call it... <laughs> Half baked. Oh, half baked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I like that. I like that. What was? I gotta know what. The My one. other one was Babies of Arabia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like half baked also oh, fits like the episode itself. Like it's actually <laughs> half baked. You know. Like yeah, not a really yeah, good episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. Um, mine's a little bit of a play on kind of what they were saying on the in the episode um, in terms of the land of many waters. So I called the episode "Land of No Water." Ah. Yeah. No. That's a good one. All right. So we'll post those. You can vote as always. Um, before we uh, wrap up, we got a lot of feedback over different things over the last cool. couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna read some of your guys' thoughts. We'll start with Vince. Uh, he says, hey, BOC guys, I'm back. No, you missed me. Stop lying to yourselves. Uh, he said, great job last week on Hey Arnold Heat. Uh, that is easily one of my favorite episodes uh, from Hey Arnold. Brings back a lot of summer vacation memories, especially living right outside of New York City. I really miss those carefree summer days where it's centered around swimming, friends, and ice cream. I also actually forgot what a horrible person Mr. Jolly Alley was. <laughs> I would probably be right there with the kids flipping the truck. Rum Raisin, what a miserable piece of Jolly Alley. (laughs) Um, Now, as for Rugrats, I found Heatwave to be just okay. Nothing too memorable, nothing too horrible. Uh, At least it was without Dill or Kimmy, (laughs) because I don't care what anyone says. Those two were disasters and officially killed the show for me back in the day, especially Kimmy. Uh, Once those babies went to Paris, I was done. (laughs) The highlight of Heatwave, aside from the constant screaming of sunbirds, oh, sunbirds, uh, and Grandpa Lou's shenanigans, is clearly Chucky's heat-induced breakdown. Chucky freaking out while sitting with a deflated ball on his head, waiting for it. (laughs) <laughs> waiting for it to become an igloo. I give it to the writers. That still cracks me up. I did find myself missing Angelica. I know she mm. can't be in every episode, but her evil dictatorship was missed. In fact, I found Car Wash, the first segment um, of this episode, to be slightly better, mostly because of her. She is probably my favorite Rugrat. Looking forward to the next installment. I'll just be here waiting patiently for another Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. <laughs> the real winners of that poll. Uh, so thanks, Vince. Yeah, thanks a lot. Interesting um, thoughts. I concur with his Rugrats yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Those will be, and Are You Afraid of the Dark will be coming up, I think, in the near future. Well, Near-ish future. October's approaching, and yeah. I think you can just expect a heavy dose. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think about Angelica not being in this episode until just then. It's yeah. like, oh, huh. that might that probably would have added a good <laughs> element to much it. needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, who else did we hear from? Uh, this one's from our pal Justin, mm-hmm. and this is about the call. He says this episode does the best job at depicting what a miserably hot summer day is like as a kid incredible visuals that make you feel the heat. I know when I was a kid we didn't have air conditioning and definitely recall laying in front of a fan or in the shade outside on the hottest of summer days. 
I loved the commercials you played during your episode. Please do more of this. The commercials were equally as cool to me as the shows when I was growing up. Yeah. We got some positive feedback on the Sears commercial. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, Wellsville and the people in it remind me a lot of Erie, Indiana, mm. in the way that everyone and everything feels strange. Yeah. This doesn't occur in every episode, but definitely get a weird vibe from the supporting cast in this episode. He gives this one four crep stars. This is a very memorable episode, but after rewatching it today, it does have parts that just seem off. I'd say this is in the second to top tier of Pete and Pete episodes. Very good, but not elite. <laughs> Are you afraid to name the episode? Hold the line. Love isn't always on time. Toto put it best. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Toto. They're making a real comeback right now with this Weezer cover. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We also heard... uh, Thank you, Justin. Yeah. I would love hearing from you. Uh, We heard from Celeste on her favorite Dugs. Mm. Uh, She wrote a lot. Uh, So we're... Celeste, I'm sure you understand, we're going to summarize a little bit uh, as far as some of your thoughts. So she said, hello, Andrew and Joey. It's been a while. No worries. I'm still listening regularly. I've been meaning to send some feedback and share with you guys my favorite Doug episodes uh, after hearing you guys discuss your top five. So her number five was Doug Bags and Nematode. She said, my brother was a huge fan of Doug from the day it premiered in 1991 right up to the time we moved to Massachusetts from Oklahoma in the fall of 93. Um, After that move is when I started watching the show regularly and right off the bat I knew this had to be the first episode uh, given how the plot was introducing all these characters Um, but she said she could really relate to that feeling of moving from Oklahoma to Massachusetts the same way kind of Doug was feeling Um, she said not only trying to make new friends and adjust to living in a new environment um, you know just tough and she said even after 25 years of being in Massachusetts she's still not used to it (laughs) Um, number four Doug gets his ears lowered uh, she said, again, it's another episode I could relate to back when I w- started watching the show from my childhood. I don't think I had as much trouble finding someone to cut my hair like Doug did. Um, she also talked about developing a relationship with the lady who cut her hair, Amy. Mm. Uh, and she said, I thought some of the people Doug ran into while searching for someone to cut his hair were hilarious. Uh, it was also neat to learn that his barber ended up being the cousin of Doug's old barber back in Bloatsburg. <laughs> that was yeah, cool. Yeah. I think the new guy was Joe and yeah, yeah, his brother I forgot was, about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great pick. Yeah. Number three, Doug runs. Uh, first of all, not only do we learn a little bit more about Willie White, one of Roger's friends, oh, being yeah. the son of the mayor, and she said I had no idea that he was his dad until I saw this episode, <laughs> yeah. uh, but she said there's two lines I really like in this episode. Um, first is Mayor White, you know, is running against Tippy Dink, uh, and Mrs. Dink mentions how she's been serving on the city council for years, and how the mayor has failed to pay attention to fixing up the streets and highways. The mayor had this to say in response, quote, fix our streets and highways that's not my job my job is to sit in that big old chair and be the mayor (laughs) she says i know kind of cheesy but it seems like a typical thing that a mayor would say uh yeah yeah Yeah, that's a really good one i forgot about that episode Uh, and then she said she also liked the line, uh, you know, she said, usually Mr. Dink is the voice of reason, but here Mrs. Dink gives Doug some good advice. She says, if you're going to make a promise to your classmates, make sure it's one you can keep. In my campaign for mayor, I promise to fix our city streets and highways, and I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Doug's hot ticket. Uh, yes. uh, she says, not only does it include the beats, which are always enjoyable, uh, but this is by far one of the one of those episodes that I can't say I really came to appreciate until I was grown up and done some traveling of my own. I like in this episode that they you see them traveling independently to the concert. Um, despite all of the mistakes that were made, they eventually get there and they got to do something special by carrying in the band members' instruments. Now tell me, how many times... Uh, do any of us get to help carry the instruments on stage for our favorite band? Sure, we might get great seats or backstage passes, but what Doug and Skeeter got to do is unbelievable. Another great episode, she says. That was a really special kind of moment that, like, did a good job of when you're a kid, something like that happens. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, real fantasy type thing, yeah. And her number one episode is Doug's Lost Weekend. Uh, she said, it's one I can relate to, not only because I was a fan of playing video games as a kid, but I can relate to the whole getting involved in a passion of mine to the point where I lose track of all time. 
I've caused my writing of fanfiction fan to make me late for family functions, much to the annoyance of my family members, and one time when I was a kid I got so heavily involved in playing a video game that I missed seeing a new episode of Sister Sister on the WB one Sunday night. Whew. <laughs> That must have been some serious writing, Celeste. Yeah. Uh, so she says, young or old, we can all relate to this episode where Doug is so involved in doing something that he forgets all about his paper for class. And sometimes when I'm stumped on what to watch while eating breakfast, I'll pop in my six di- disc complete set series of Nickelodeon's Doug and put on this episode. It never gets old. Uh, she says, so there you go. I know it was quite lengthy, but as you can see, Doug is one of my favorite shows. The Nickelodeon version, at least, hated the Disney version. So we're not even going to go there. Uh, but it's one of the few shows that both my brother and I enjoyed as kids. Your gut bucket friend, Celeste. Thanks a lot, Celeste. Yeah, love great, hearing. Yeah, great to hear from her. Love hearing the feedback. Um, yeah, that was all good stuff. Good picks. Yeah, man. yeah. Uh, I wouldn't argue love with much of it. Talking Doug. <laughs> uh, and then I think we got one more here before we go from our old buddy Bup. His second email. <laughs> Bup. He says, greetings and salutations, fellow gut buckets. I had to write in to express my unparalleled joy over your trilogy of reviews for my favorite Nick show, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Uh, yeah. One of the great things about your podcast is hearing your guys' differing views on the many shows, episodes, and characters across 90s Nickelodeon. And yet, when it comes to Pete and Pete, the two of you always see eye to eye. And I feel the same way, so now it's eye to eye to eye. <laughs> Well, now that we're all thoroughly uncomfortable from staring at each other's <laughs> eyes, while each of the three episodes captures Summer so well in its own weird and wonderful way, and I'm a huge fan of all of them, Field of Pete holds a particular place in my heart and is easily in my top five overall Pete and Pete episodes. This is mostly thanks to Mr. Narens, who I'd probably <laughs> say is my favorite Pete and Pete one-shot villain. Yeah. Principal Ken Schwinger being a close yeah. second. Love, yeah. Love <laughs> Marins is so delightfully inhuman in the most hilarious ways. Virtually every line he delivers kills me. My buddy and I to this day will look for moments in conversation to tell each other, it is good, Bob. Good and frosty. (laughs) Yes. May I also say that you guys should never have to explain yourselves for your love of this incredible show. It was so far ahead of its time, from its smart humor and genuinely touching moments to its perfect soundtrack and wonderfully memorable characters. For me, something else that greatly stands out is the relationship between the titular brothers themselves. Mm -hmm. In every other show of that era... In every other show of that era, what's one of the main driving points for almost every brother and sister character? Extreme sibling rivalry. Mm. Clarissa explains it all. Doug, Wild Thornberries, Angry Beavers, that awful show Rocket Power. (laughs) Boy. (laughs) High five. (laughs) All have sibling duos that either constantly compete or have such clashing personalities that they very rarely or sometimes never connect and get along. This isn't necessarily a bad thing for a lot of shows it works quite well, but my point is it's been done many times. Then you look at Pete and Pete, where Will McRobb and Chris Viscardi took this concept and turned it on its head. Mm. In most episodes, the Petes are on the same side and support each other, in spite of how different they are. While there is occasionally conflict between the brothers, usually due to Big Pete's love life, it's always resolved in the end, usually with a great poignant moment where they realize what they've done wrong, make things right, and go back to being bros. (laughs) One of the best examples of this is in the episode 35 Hours. I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but I highly recommend it. My alternate episode titles, King of the Road v. You Can't Pete the Open Road. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) That's great. Field of Pete, Buy Me Some Peanuts and Lazarus. (laughs) We've gotten a lot of good recommendations for Field of Pete. I like those. And the call at the sound of the peat. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, those are all really good. <laughs> those are good. I like, and I like the incorporation of the peat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At any rate, I think I've reached my allotted time to gush about <laughs> Pete and Pete for one email. Thanks again for taking the time to read this, guys, and for the awesome show. Godspeed, my Vikings. <laughs> P.S. Another fun bit of trivia regarding Hey Arnold. Dan Castellano wasn't the only voice actor on both Hey Arnold and The Simpsons. Tress McNeil voiced Arnold's grandma and Principal Skinner's mother, Agnes, in addition to several other old lady characters. The sharing of talent was probably due to the fact that Hey Arnold creator Craig Bartlett and Simpsons creator Matt Groening are, or at least were, (laughs) brothers-in-law. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, I think I'd heard about that. Yeah, Yeah. that is really interesting. Well, thanks, Bob. Yeah, love hearing from you. Awesome, awesome 
email and really awesome names. Loved them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would love hearing from all you guys. Um, definitely. I mean, if you hear something you yeah. think you want to comment on, oh, yeah. send it to totally. us. Love hearing from you. Uh, in the meantime, what are we doing next for episode 71? Uh, next week we're going to be talking about our favorite Nickelodeon acquired shows. Mm-hmm. So shows that they didn't originally produce, but right. uh, that they got the rights to re-air. Yeah, um, that that you probably a lot of people probably thought they were Nickelodeon yeah. shows because they aired so often. But yeah, yeah we're either from the WB yeah. or ABC or Canada. Yeah, and there was a lot of good ones. Yeah, so. Um, Pretty excited to talk about some of those. Yeah, we'll do top five. If you want to get ahead of the curve, you can message us with some of your favorite yeah. acquired Nickelodeon shows. Um, you can do that by contacting us. Uh, we're on Twitter at BOC Podcast. We're on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. The best way to get a hold of us is emailing us, um, Orange Couch Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can check us out on Podbean, iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a comment. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. Uh, and if you know anybody in Alaska, still no love from Alaska. <laughs> Some of the most remote places on earth have given us a listen. <laughs> Not Alaska. Yeah. Well, perhaps next time. Yeah. Um, until then, we hope you have a great week and tune in next episode. Feeling hot, hot, hot.